Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $499 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Everybody, welcome into another edition of the Rough Cut Sportscast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, alongside your boy AJ Johnson. And below us, we got our guy, Mr. One Vote himself, my best friend in the whole wide world, Aaron Mukes. What's up, buddy? How are you today? I'm good, man. I just uh, kind of woke up from a nap. So stretch I got, it out, stretch it out. Yeah, I got I got to stretch, get rejuvenated while you guys did all the preparing for the show. Appreciate that. Um, but I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to talk basketball. I'm ready to to kind of transition to to the basketball side of things as we as we head toward the playoffs after the the craziness that was the NFL draft. Yeah, yeah, we're we all kind of are like in recovery mode after like that <laughs> massive draft special, ten plus hours of draft coverage. It was absolutely wild. But yes. It is basketball time. We are the playoff race is heating up, as you can see in the title. It's the highway to the NBA playoffs. AJ, are you stoked? I am very stoked, man. Like these are some hard switches. If you remember from college football, like everyone started mock drafting. Like I don't do mock drafts until at the end of all the football. That's a hard switch. And then we get this done. The draft's over. We've been NFL, 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 and then boom, NBA ready to go and. So just a hard turn, like a hard left turn. I'm about it, though. I'm excited. Um, it, it's exciting. It's exciting coming, baby. It is yeah, an exciting time. Got and I, too. I got to apologize to you guys. Okay, I, I have to apologize to you guys first to kick off this oh? show. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a serious apology, uh, a very heartfelt apology coming from the deep, deep part of my soul. Okay, today I decided to go back and listen to our older NBA coverage, AJ's prediction episodes. Uh, the first time we had Aaron on, I actually listened to that episode. Oh, wow. That was, that was a time, but I listened to it and I listened to myself and I was like, man, I was dogging basketball really hard, man. I was dogging it really hard. I wasn't really willing to give it. I wasn't really willing to give it a chance. Okay. Before I met you guys, basketball was always just that sport that we just dogged on because like, Hockey's that physical sport and basketball had the flopping and then like that's all hockey fans could like talk about. So that's what that was my mindset. And now I have developed a really strong liking for basketball. I'm invested, man. I've been listening to basketball shows all week long, not only preparing for this show, but also because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed listening and following basketball. So I'm buzzing. 
I'm happy about it. I'm excited to get into some basketball talk, talking playoffs. But there is something that we kind of have to do. We got to open the door to see the psychiatrist, okay? We got to open the door to see the psychiatrist. And that's me. That's me today. I'm the psychiatrist for both of you guys, specifically Aaron. That's scary. How you feel, okay, about there's a lot of sports topics on your mind that you have brought to our attention in the messages that we have. And I need to ask you what it is and how does it make you feel? <laughs> oh, oh, we're doing, oh, we're doing feelings. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to address things that I was unable to address on yesterday's show. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend yesterday's show. And you guys talked about a lot. And I wanted to, I wanted to address you guys individually and, and face-to-face. I didn't want to do it through a chat. I wanted to bring it up to your face so we could Ooh. have that dialogue. We talked um, about the question that Michael Sherman had, and I think that's where I want to go first. So uh, Michael Sherman had asked, is it easier now in the AFC or the, I'm sorry, the NFC, like our teams in the AFC feeling like they want to be in the NFC because it's an easier path. And, and, and at first I was like, AJ, I think AJ mentioned like, well, no, right away, like his initial thought was no. And then he was like, well, and he kind of thought about it. And then you guys went through and you guys started listening. Let's go and list all these good teams in the <laughs> NFC and all these good teams. I in tried. The NFC. Okay. I now, tried in defense. I tried to stop the debauchery that was coming yeah. out. I swear. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. And, 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 you know, you guys had some good points about certain teams. And then there was some points like, like we are in May. And I think we, we have to kind of take a step back and look like the, it's the NFL. We've saw teams go from worst to first every year. Like there's always, you know, a number of teams that are making the playoffs that weren't in the playoffs the year before. But I have to call, I have to call this for, I have to call you out, AJ. I'm just going to say, and I don't know if it was AJ that needs to be called out or, or Vinny so much because Vinny actually brought it up and AJ just went along with it. But I didn't really (laughs) like the fact that AJ went along with it. Vinny goes, the NFC uh, NFC South and you brought up your Atlanta Falcons and Vinny's like yeah they're a good team and 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 just glossed over the fact <laughs> I that the Atlanta Falcons were atrocious last year I noticed that wait 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 and they go get Kyle Pitts which is a great pickup and then but AJ just sat there like well, yeah, still worried about that defense. But okay, sure, we'll put them on. This like, is, there was no, there was no, let me defend. This is AJ. This is AJ when, when we blamed you for that 1,000 like, uh, the the picture oh that we just seen. This is the same type of AJ that just was like, I'm just let it no. go. Just let it go. Listen, here, though, AJ here was though. just like, well, we, I still don't know about our defense. But, but okay, let's move on to the NFC East. Like, it was, but at that point, at that point, it was clear the teams he thought were good were going in that bucket. Cause I started with the Cardinals and tried to say, I don't know about that. And he's like, ah, well, we're, we're talking good teams, so we're going to put him in. That's the thing we were my team, my Falcons. What I'm supposed to say, no, I will not let that team go. Not at all. I'm going to put on for my boys. Rise up. I felt like, I felt like I would have expected somebody in the chat to call you out and be like, nah, bro. Nah, you like, you got to stop. Like, that's just. That's it's not okay. Our, our boy Mac Miles is here, and he will definitely let AJ know hey. that. And, and and shout out Mac Miles. We gave a I I picked the Carolina Panthers as one of my winners uh, last night for my for draft. the a draft yeah. winners. So uh, shout out. I know he was pretty depressed during the Carolina Panthers drafts in round one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. 
But how does that make you yeah. feel, AJ? In, in my defense, though, every single year, even though the actual Atlanta Falcons fans acknowledge that we aren't, we probably won't be that good. Every single year, anyone on NFL conversations and talk shows will be the first to tell you, like, look, what they got going on in Atlanta, man, they make some things happen. And it's all about that offense. That defense last season was trash. Absolutely. I said that a little bit. But if you're going to put the Cardinals in, if you're going to talk about all the guys, you tried to put the Bears in. You think I'm going to let you almost put whoa, the whoa, Bears wait. in? Wait, wait. See, I had an issue with that one, too. That was next. Because you guys, and I'm not, look, I'll be the first to say I think the Bears are the Bears, right? But you guys, we just glossed over the fact that weren't the Bears, like, in the playoffs? Like, were they, well, they, were, they were a 500 team. They were fighting for the playoffs. And we gloss over them. But then we throw the four and twelve Atlanta Falcons in there, who made Listen. really no significant upgrades on the defensive side of the football. And as much as I'm not an Andy Dalton fan, he is an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. So if we're gonna knock the Bears, if, if we're gonna go that route, then we need to be consistent across the board. Listen, listen, the Bears are trash. The fact that they made it into the playoffs was by the grace of God and some other teams messing up. They, they, if they had stuck with who they had with the Mitchell Trubisky, they would have been four and twelve right along with us. They went back and forth with some Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles trying to. What you mean? They were three and zero. They were three and zero to start the year with Mitchell Trubisky. That don't count. Nobody cares about three and zero in the beginning. Hey, the Pittsburgh Steelers are eleven and zero. How we feel about them right now? Don't give a damn. (laughs) And so the Chicago Bears are trash. I'm sorry. They just are. If we're starting today, they're still trash. Now, if you want to talk to me in week seven when they're looking like, I don't know, four and three, and then Justin Fields at the helm, we might have a conversation. But until that day, no, they're trash. Again, I'm not arguing with you that they're not trash. defense is bad. I tried. I tried. I'm not going to try harder with the Falcons than I did for every other team. The whole thing about that was naming good teams. And I get the Falcons record was that bad last year, (laughs) but they're still a good team. There's still a lot of talent on that. Wait, 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 wait. They have a good, they have good skill position players. Yes. Let's not confuse good team. And this is, this goes to my point. The entire draft show, they have (laughs) names at skill positions. And we then call them a good team. Like, we can't do that. Just because they have Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, and now Kyle Pitts, what else do they have? Well, Aaron, now you've made, now you've made feelings hurt. You, you've hurt the feelings of your psychiatrist. Uh, now I don't know what to do. Okay. okay. All right. So, uh. so I've, made my, <laughs> I've made my point about the Falcons. That really bothered me. I didn't get much sleep because of that. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, was having, I was having a lot of, uh, a lot of anxiety over that one. But I wanted to answer. I wanted to answer Sherman's question uh, from my perspective because you guys did a good job of of kind of breaking it all down. But I'm on the side of, and I think AJ leaned this way of having the NFC still be a little bit of a tougher road. The one thing I wanted to mention, and I think which is the deciding factor, is the quarterback. When I think when you talk about getting to a Super Bowl, you're always looking at that other side. And what is the quarterback that you have to go against? And in the NFC, you still have Tom Brady. You still have Aaron Rodgers. You still have Russell Wilson. And in the NFC, it's Patrick Mahomes. And then you're now looking for that second guy, whether it's Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, that don't have that resume yet. And we've talked about the Browns being one of those top teams now. And they got Baker Mayfield. And I'm not knocking them, but these guys have, are unproven. And when you have to fight your way to the playoffs, I'd much rather go through a Josh Allen, a Lamar Jackson, a Baker Mayfield 
than a Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. And I think that's what separates the conference. I think the AFC is is quite, I think they're quite a bit top heavy. I think it's the Chiefs, yeah. the Bills. You have some teams that are that are really good, and then it kind of falls off. In the oh, NFC, no. I think there's a lot a, a good number of teams that have really good quarterbacks that can do some things. And I think that's the difference um, in that situation. So again, I just wanted to point out, I still think the NFC is a little bit stronger and I'd rather be trying to get through the AFC because you might just have to beat Patrick Mahomes, right? right? You might have to win that one game and you got a good shot. You don't want to have to do what Tom Brady had to do, which was go, you know, outside of the Redskins, go through Jeez. Drew Brees, go through Aaron Rodgers, and then go through Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl. That's just, that's extremely tough. So um, it was a great question. By Sherman though, uh, and and you know, shout out to to Broad Street South. There it is. Last point. Calvin really for two touchdowns. Kyle Pitts for two touchdowns. <laughs> Frank Darby for two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. O- Olama Day Zacchaeus might get a touchdown. A- AJ, in there. AJ had AJ <laughs> had game. AJ had Atlanta in the audio. I'm listening. I'm like, wait. AJ said, you know, Calvin really will get two. Julio won't get none because he'll drop eight catches, 160 yards, no touchdowns. <laughs> but Kyle Pitts, whoa. <laughs> AJ had the Atlanta Falcons scoring <laughs> 60 points a game. I'm Let's like, go. wait, what offense are what? you a part of? But also, why is that every game? I'm not, I wasn't saying every game, but I mean, like, that that's a very, that's a very doable feat in multiple games to put up 42 points between the three pass catches. Absolutely. In this I'm, day and age, the way they score points. I think your a little homerism kind of got the best of you yesterday oh, toward, in that sure. segment. So, and, I, and I'm just going to say it. So. so back to the lab. I got my pen and paper out. When when Aaron tells you, AJ, that your homerness kind of got in the way, how does that make you feel? I feel like it's really good to have a friend who knows me. Good. good, good. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to settle this here. And, and you know, you guys are always welcome into Dr. Vinny Phil, which is Phil Vinny, the, the Dr. Phil Vinny on this show. Okay. You're always welcome here, okay? Uh, Aaron, do you have anything else on your mind? I do. That you I want do. to talk I, about before we get into our basketball playoff coverage? I do. I have two more things, and the only reason I'm going to make you guys say it live because I want to get your perspective. But the first thing, Vinny, I wanted to ask you about the Jaguars because something – and okay. you guys talked about the Jaguars draft yesterday, and I'll be honest, I think we were all on the same page. We weren't very excited after – you know, the couple of picks that they had. But I found it interesting today when I was looking at the draft again, the Jaguars drafted a quarterback, a running back, a receiver, a tight end, an offensive lineman, a defense alignment, a linebacker, a corner, and a safety. They drafted one <laughs> position, right there. one per- person from every position outside <laughs> of special teams from every level on offense and defense. And Number one, I think that's very rare. Um, yeah, nobody else in the really. draft did it. No, I mean, there were a couple teams that had more than nine picks, but they didn't go that route. And I was interested to think of – I was interested in how do you guys feel about that? Do you think there was anything to that? Do you think it was like – you had mentioned Urban Meyer getting his guys. Bingo. Do you think that he went to like every level of his team? He's like, I want a guy in the room that's yeah. my guy. And yep. And I, I don't know if that's the case, but I know you were harping on that. So I, I thought I'd bring it up and see if you thought that was interesting at all. Yeah, I think that is the case. I think Urban Meyer wants his guy. I mean, it's, and I'm not last night and tonight I, I, and how I feel. I don't I don't think it's a bad thing. 
I don't think it's a terrible decision or a terrible thing to do. Urban wants his guys until we see it on the field. And if it pans out on the field, that's when we can start judging if Urban Meyer wanting his guys is a bad thing. But this is, I mean, this is a coach coming in and getting his guys. And we talk about it all the time. I mean, especially for the quarterback position, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is, is the guy. There's no going around that. But like for other teams, talk about the Jets. They wanted to give Robert Salah his quarterback. It's the same thing with Jacksonville. Urban Meyer wants his guys. So, and that gives him, that get, that gives him no excuse at this point. Well, obviously he's a younger coach and not younger in age, but he's new in the league. But this gives him no excuse to say, okay, this is someone else's team that I'm trying to recover from. He's building, he, he's, he's got his team just about at this point. He's got his team. So we'll see how that works. And I'm, I mean, it's not a bad thing. I just, I just found that interesting. I had never actually seen that, and I don't know if I, it's because I've never paid attention to, right. to a no, team to draft like that. But that is just seemed odd. I, I looked at it more, and I'm like, they got a, they got a player from every single level, and um, you know, I'm, obviously, we're hearing a lot about what Urban Meyer is doing there and kind of bringing that. I don't want to say the college atmosphere, but he had a great quote. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard it. They said they asked him how he felt about the transition to the NFL. Because there's been guys like, you know, Nick Saban and Chip Keller who, that haven't been successful. And then his comeback was, well, guess what? There's guys in the NFL that aren't successful either. That have been nothing but in, in the NFL and they're not successful either. So um, I thought that was interesting. And I, I think that I'm starting to like him more and more. Just his like willingness to come out and be like, hey, I'm going to run this the way I'm going to run it. And yeah. it's either going to work or it's not. Um, even though I don't agree with some of the moves he's made, especially in the draft, but I just wanted to get your your take on that 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 interesting nugget of of drafting one person from each position. Interesting nug, interesting yeah, nug. Interesting how, nug. That, how does that make you feel, AJ? I just wanted to say that one more time. I had to get it out. Of, I had to I had to make it out one last time. That's it. I'm shutting the door. I'm kicking you guys out. Office hours are closed. Now I got one more thing. Oh yeah, do you? Oh yeah, I want to get your guys' take on. Something that was brought up in our in our class, like and Aaron, I, I, Aaron's, I prying, Aaron's prying the door back open. Just yeah, I, I want to know. I got stories to tell. I, I do. I really want to know you guys' perspective on this because we. This is what we are. We are now in the media of 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 the sports world, right? And yeah. there was um, a fellow student of ours had posted about Adam Schefter and how he tweeted uh, the Aaron Rodgers story about how he said that was breaking news. Um, Aaron Rodgers has told people within the organization and people um, around him that he didn't want to return to the Packers. Sources have t informed them on that was on Thursday, and he actually put that in the tweet on Thursday. And then come to find out, he went to Dan Patrick's show on the interview, and he said, hey, there was no sources. It, this is accumulation of things that have happened in the offseason that I have witnessed and I have watched, and so I'm just putting it out there now on draft, and it happened to be on draft day. Um, the, the person had pointed out that it was a lack of integrity and journalism integrity and ethics and all that stuff i want to know how you guys feel about it because i'm i'm perfectly okay with everything again perhaps maybe outside of the tweet could have been worded yeah. a little bit differently but the story yeah. itself has shown to be accurate so i'm okay with it dropping whenever he felt he wanted to drop it what do you right. guys say to that and, and that was my thing about it like this to me the fact that it became breaking news was because it hadn't been reported it may have been said and people may have heard it who are within the circle, but nobody outside of it. Fans certainly didn't know about it. And there was no better time to drop it than on draft day. 
And so when you talk about there being no sources, the, the response I had was Adam Schefter is the source. Like he has a direct line to these guys. Like if, if, if a source told, if sources tell ESPN, Adam Schefter is ESPN in that state. He is synonymous with ESPN. So to me, I, I didn't really have an issue with it either. You can say that he said it happened on Thursday, but he had the information before. To me, that's not the biggest deal. It would have been a huge deal if Aaron Rodgers came out and said, I don't know where Schefter's getting this stuff. That's yeah. not how I feel about it, blah, blah, blah. That's where I was. That's where I was at when I saw it. I was like, is this really like a controversial thing that's happening right now? He's Adam freaking Schefter. Like he, he is in with every team in the league. When have we started questioning what Adam Schefter is yeah. doing? Okay. And and like you said, AJ, if, he, if he's coming, if Aaron Rodgers or the Packers come out and say, we just went to the beach with Aaron Rodgers the other day. We're hanging out in Cabo, just hanging out, just shooting the shit. That's different. But they didn't. All, and, and and there's already reports coming out that the Packers are looking for a quarterback. So yeah. or, or starting their search for a quarterback possibly. So it's like what Adam Schefter said is a hundred percent. Okay. And we're not questioning Adam Schefter. Had it, yeah. had it been a new guy on the block, we got issues, but it, it's yeah. Adam Schefter. <laughs> yeah. Or Jim- that was, I mean, that was, that was my thing. I felt like he, I mean, again, I'm not trying to boast anybody, but he has enough clout where the minute he drops that tweet, Every analyst and reporter is also now dropping stuff right after him because he was the first one that actually came out and said it. But yeah. you don't think Ian Rappaport had some information that he was like, I don't know if I should release it. And the minute Schefter does, he's like, well, I'm dropping it now too. So I think he kind of just took that leap of faith because it was the draft. And yeah, maybe he did wait because he wanted some ratings for ESPN or he wanted it to be a big story. But I don't think that's the issue. When you talk about integrity to me, is like, is he fabricating information? And the fact of the matter is, is we all know Aaron Rodgers is not happy right now. I think he's yeah. made that very clear. And nobody said anything. My biggest issue was nobody said anything when he's tweeting about Deshaun Watson wanting out or he's tweeting about uh, Russell Wilson wanting out. We didn't ask for his sources then. We didn't ask, oh, who, who told you that? Where, where did it come from? But for whatever reason, because he dropped it on draft day, now it's a big deal because he's come out later and said, well, hey, I didn't have a source. I was just paying attention to what's going on in the offseason. And I'm sure, again, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure he's talked to people around the Green Bay organization. I heard James Jones today talking, and he's good friends with Aaron Rodgers, talking about how Aaron Rodgers has issues. So I just wanted to kind of bring that up and get Aaron Rodgers to Dallas confirmed. You heard it here first, folks. Aaron Rodgers for Dak Prescott in a first-round pick. There it is. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't do that i don't want to be i don't want to be linked to that at all i'm happy with, i'm happy with my quarterback i would I'll be never watch football again <laughs> well good thing that is all for our outside of the uh outside of the episode outside talk the here yes outside the paint outside the paint here yeah there you go hey i had so i i i, I, I really appreciate you uh, doctor to to allow me to come in and vent and Get Namaste. things off my chest, and now I'm back. I'm ready to go. I'm no longer anxious. Good, good. I'm I'm glad I helped you there. I have a notepad somewhere. I I, I just said thirteen and three. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Falcons by a million is what I've been. What I kind of got from that uh, session. But it is time to dive deep into these NBA playoffs. But first, a word from our sponsors. What up, world? It's your boy, AJ Johnson, and the Rough Cut is now a proud sponsor of Yeti. The RC is hot, and Yeti is the only thing that could cool us down with that brand new merch. 
and now introducing the new King Crab Orange colorway. Inspired by the crustaceans that inhabit the northwestern coastline and honors the men and women who risk their lives pulling the crabs to the surface. Plus, the bright orange color is perfect for summer beach trips, tropical backyard decor, and gift giving for the upcoming tailgate season. So head to our social media page, click the link, and get yours now. Yeti, built for the wild. AJ, could you say, could you say that word again? That c word, that long c word. Crustaceans. Cru- it, it, Aaron, <laughs> can you say that word? Uh, it's crustaceans. Hey, okay, I just wanted, I just wanted to see what if that if that was the thing. Okay, got it. Got it. So, so, so uh, I actually was reading feedback today because I sent that to Focus uh, <laughs> Training Three, and she like accentuated the word and spelt it out and was like that was a really good use of the word so like when you asked me literally i can see it being written the way she wrote it so yeah i feel you can i get a crustacean please <laughs> yes please great that is fantastic crustaceans i i heard that i heard it a few times i was like you know i wonder if he knows that it's not crustaceans yes. <laughs> okay good yeah yeah good. okay good oh 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 This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts, and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street, and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts, and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street, and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. So it's time yeah. to dive into these this NBA playoff talk, and I want to start off with kind of on an outside of the bubble type of thing here. Those teams that are kind of in that play-in round. I want to first get you guys' thoughts, specifically Aaron. I don't think I've gotten Aaron's thoughts specifically on this play-in tournament. There, there. Everyone is talking about it. I have a LeBron James audio that we're going to tee up in just a little bit about his thoughts on it. But I want to know from you, Aaron, what are your thoughts on this new play-in tournament? And if, if it should be here to stay, if it should go immediately, what do you got? Bring it. I'm all for it. I like competition. I like when games and series like matter. I, I like when, when professional athletes are under pressure. That's what I want to see. And I feel like this puts a lot of pressure on those, te- those teams that have been coasting, especially those five, six, seven teams that have been kind of coasting all year, they can't get into that seventh spot. They got to push for those top six because they might be in a situation where they, they might be in a, a playing against the Memphis Grizzlies, and if they lose two games, they're done. And I, I just think it's, it's more competition. It's, more, it's better for the NBA because the one versus eight playoff matchup anyways is usually boring. It's usually a, you know, a, a one-seed sweeps them. I just feel... 
like this brings out more more in the playoffs, more for people to watch and get excited about before we get to the, the games that actually mean something. And again, if I can see a player like Luka Doncic and Zion Williamson that sneak into the playoffs and get a little bit more run and be able to watch that, I want to see it. I got, I got a, I got a one-up stat for you, Aaron. You, you kind of dropped the Patrick Marlowe stat on the hockey show that you're on. I have a one-up stat. Since 2003, mm-hmm. there has only been six, six times. It has only been six times that a seven or eighth seed beat a one or two seed in the first round of the playoffs. Six times since 2003. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about right. So it's like that. It just doesn't happen. And, and it, I, would, I would venture to guess uh, the majority of those are seven seeds because I know the the one eight matchup has only happened like two or three times. Yeah, it, I think it, it's it, been uh, twice, maybe. Twice. I think the Warriors over the Spurs is one, and Memphis beat somebody over as well, the, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, could have been the Spurs again. <laughs> I think it was the Spurs as well. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it doesn't happen often, and I think that's a, a it's a really good point because like we talk about how and we've talked about it many of times in the past shows. It's like. You, you don't get – and who who brought it up here in the comments? Also, fully interactive show. If you want to drop your comments, your questions, your concerns, your topics, drop it in the chat. Uh, I believe it was Mac Miles dropped it in the chat. I don't watch – I don't watch playoffs until the conference finals. This play-in tournament does that, though. This playoff yeah. – this play-in tournament, I feel like, kind of brings in a little bit more of those guys that say, I don't watch until the conference finals because there are close matchups. It's it, like these guys are fighting for something, okay? Go, go ahead. But that, I mean, but that's why that's why you hear a lot of talk about teams or the league pushing or people wanting to go to that one to 16 format where there's you take the top seed in the West and you just or in both conferences and you just go down the path one through 16. And that way you get these teams matched up a little bit earlier and it makes the playoffs a little bit more exciting. Of course, the owners don't want that, especially the owners in the Eastern Conference, because they're under 500 and they're getting into the playoffs. And they don't want to lose that revenue with, at their stadium. So I get it. But that's why you get a lot of these people pushing for that one through 16 seed and then just do it that way. You take the best 16 or you take the best eight from each conference and you number them one to 16 and you do it that way. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an advocate of that. But if they're not going to do that, then this play-in tournament to me is like the next best, best thing. And they might need to tweak it a little bit and make it a little bit better. But that's – I mean, we have to go through this in order for them to do that. And for – for somebody, I know you're going to tee the LeBron thing up, so we'll, we'll listen to that. But for some of these players to be complaining about it, uh, I have a real issue with that, a, a big issue with it, especially stars like LeBron James. Yeah, so, so let's, hear, let's hear what LeBron has to say. You know, if this happens to uh, we end up at sixth or fifth or, or, or whatever the case may be, or if we end up in the, you know, the playoff, uh, whatever that thing is, wh- whoever came up with that shit uh, need to be fired. Um, but whatever. Not happy. That's not a happy LeBron. That's not, and I I don't remember him being like that earlier when his not when his Lakers were were in the top three spot in the West. I I, I don't recall him being upset about it until until now. And Luca, we had the Luca audio before him saying that his teams uh, having a battle in the play in round. AJ, what you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you remember what I said about Luca. Where were they sitting in the standings when that conversation was happening? About the six or seven seed. It's when your butt gets hot that you start to fear this play-in tournament and you have something to say about it. Now, I'll be honest, and actually I was going to give some uh, credit, but then again, Ennis Cantor was on, uh, I think, of the ringer the other day, and he doesn't like it either. But where are they sitting in that six and seven spot? 
So these guys up at one, two, and three, they're not worried about this. This play-in tournament is going to be great. Number one, it's stopping at least another two teams from trying to tank. Number two, it's giving all these NBA fans something to watch right now because normally right now, your playoff teams are set except for that seven, eight, nine spot anyways. And you're not really worried about it till the playoffs start. This gives you some more basketball to watch. This gives teams a reason to be more competitive. And then secondly, or thirdly, you think about this, this, if you're worried about, oh, I played 72, 82 games to get in the playoffs and now I might get kicked out. Well, guess what? This is the playoffs. This play-in tournament is the very, it's the first four of the NCAA March Madness tournament. This counts. You are playing a playoff game now. You're in the playoffs, buddy. It just depends on if you got a chance for the chip or not, or if you're going one or two games or seven games to state your case. I feel like it makes you earn it. Like I feel like it really yeah. makes you earn it. And and as a from a fan standpoint, I, I can see it as from a player standpoint that it's like you don't want to have to go through that extra step. But from a fan standpoint, I love this. Aaron, maybe when you, you look- shouldn't arrest it. Maybe. Maybe those days you took off because of load management and then you lose those games. If you're a star player, I don't want to hear none of that because yeah. we've watched – and I'm not, I'm not saying this about LeBron because he's not a, a fan of load management, but he is hurt this year. And they have lost games because of it. And you don't think that should matter? These teams that get hot late, some teams start out slow. Look at the Washington Wizards. They might be one of the better teams in basketball, right? They might be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. But what happens is – they suffered injuries early in the year. Now they get hot. And by this play-in game, now you're actually getting the best eight teams into that playoff. Because what happens is you have a team that might get hot late. It's just like he said with the NCAA tournament. The teams that get hot in the playoff usually win. Look at Miami last year. UCLA. Yeah, Miami wasn't a team that everybody was like, oh, they're going to be a team in the final. They got hot, and they ran through everybody in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. And this, we, we only talk about this for basketball we're not saying what about the nfl the nfl sits there and you get one game you get one game to be your best and if you don't get it guess what you're out of the playoffs in the nba you get a seven game series which is why the better teams usually always win and in this play-in game you still have an advantage if you're one of the top seeds you have to be beat twice and so if you get beat twice you do not deserve to be there that that's just how that's just how it is you don't deserve it you brought something up, Aaron, that I want to touch on. And this will go back to one of the reasons, Vinny, back in the day, you hated basketball. We spent from 2015 to 2019 complaining that the Warriors and the Cavaliers were always in the championship. For the first time in a very long time, we would have had it two years in a row, but COVID screwed us up last year. There are about eight, nine teams that can win the chip this year. And because of that, you are letting another four teams actually have an opportunity. This is the largest amount of parity we have seen in the NBA in many, many years. The fact that people like I get I get the stars or other players complaining about it is their livelihood. They're like, I don't want to go home early again. Play better. Fans that are complaining about this, I don't understand it. There's more basketball to watch. There's more high-level basketball. The competitiveness is up, and the competitiveness is up now. If you watched your New York Knicks play the Memphis Grizzlies last, uh, I think it was three days ago, had a minute left, and the Memphis Grizzlies were losing all of a sudden. You watched their coach get tossed. You watched John Morant get tossed. You watched Dylan Brooks pick up a tee. They were heated because they're watching their season slip away. And that's not normally the competitive basketball you're getting from a a very good eight, nine seed. You're getting that from a one and two seed in the playoffs. And then the last point I have on it, um, 
This is the perfect year to do that. You brought up Washington, and then, and if you go back, I thought Washington could have been in the sixth seed this season, but they they were shut down. They missed nine games in 17 days that they couldn't even go to the practice facility. Then they get back. Russell uh, Russell Westbrook gets hurt. Thomas Bryant goes out for the season. A little later, Danny Avdia goes out for the season. Riddle. And now look where they are fighting. You look at the uh, Eastern, the Western Conference, the same thing with Memphis. They were out in the beginning of the season, and now they're here fighting. So this is, to me, I love this. I, I love really, this. I'm glad you guys brought up the Wizards, and it's funny – Really, Aaron, you brought up the Wizards, and you weren't even in the pre-show meetings when I told AJ I really wanted to bring up the Wizards because they're one of those teams. They're one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They're a hot team, and I wanted to ask you guys, you look at the teams that are like in the playoffs right now, but they're kind of just like a stagnant team. They're just there. Would you rather play those teams, or would you rather play play against the Wizards, who are uh, they're hot? They are hot right now. They're playing. They are playing their best basketball, as you said. They battled a lot in the beginning of the season. And now they are turning it up, turning into the team that we thought they would be. I, I I listened back to you, AJ. I heard you. I heard you on the old shows. You are very high on this Wizards team. Do you are are you, any of you guys afraid to play the Wizards at the beginning of the in the playing round? I, they could play spoiler in the Eastern Conference. Like to answer your question, if I'm sitting there, I would rather I'd rather be playing the Celtics. I'd rather I definitely rather play the Heat. I, I'd be okay with the Hawks, but the Hawks are putting in some work. The Wizards are in every single game right to the end. I mean, they they lost their last game against the Bucks the other day by one point in a one point two second heave that just missed the bucket, like just hit off the side of the rim. What Russell Westbrook is doing shouldn't surprise anybody. This is who this man is: a walking triple double. Every single time he's on the court, it's bound to happen. Bradley Beal, the most 40-point games in franchise history. Sadly, the most 40-point games in a loss as well in franchise history. They've got studs. And people, you are lucky that Thomas Bryant went out. But not so much because Daniel uh, Daniel Gafford has now stepped up playing great defense and taking over that Thomas Bryant role. So if these guys, if they are gelling and they get they, they seem to have a firm lock on the 10 seed right now, unless they take a slide on these last four or five games, which... I think they'll get at least a couple. I'm not really sure where they play right now. I can figure that out later. They're firm in the 10 spot. So two games, I, I would be liable to say you could see a Damian Lillard-like performance from last season's bubble coming from the Washington Wizards. And then they get a good one seat, uh, a good first round, and then it's time to go, more than likely. Yeah, the, the, the Wizards are – I think when we talk about playing spoiler, let, let's be honest, they're only going to spoil a – a seven, eight, nine, or ten seed. They're they are not going. They're not good enough to beat a one, two seed in, in a seven game series. They don't play enough defense. And I just they're not going to beat the Sixers. They're not going to beat the Nets. And I actually think that the Wizards and and I'm a, I'm a Russell Westbrook guy, but I think if they get matched up in the the play in tournament against Miami, I think it's a bad matchup for them. So I, I think they actually have a shot to move up to nine. Because uh, Indiana has not played well lately, and I think they're only a half a game back of, of Indiana. Yep. Uh, so, so I expect them to get in. But you, whenever you have a guy like Bradley Beal and a guy like Russell Westbrook, you have a shot, right? We, we talk about in the NBA, stars win. That, that's, that's what win. If you have stars, you have a chance to win. And I, I think Russell Westbrook and the, what he's been doing is so – I don't want to say underappreciated because I think people appreciate it, but I don't think it gets the attention that it deserves. I think he is hated on in the league by more so maybe the media um, than, than the players themselves. But I think he gets a bad rap. 
uh, about not being a good teammate and all this stuff. When this guy has done things that's never been done in this league, and they can call it stat padding or whatever you want, but he had the best line when he said he doesn't cheat the game. And I, I feel like um, he has taken his level of play um, and, and increased it as we've gotten deeper into the season. So I expect him to play spoiler, but these play-in games are exciting. I mean, I remember yeah. last year's bubble, right? Last year's bubble was some of the best yeah. basketball I've seen in years. And it was just because of what was on the line. And maybe it was because there was no fans. And maybe because these players, you know, wanted to give a little bit extra. But the playing games were were exciting and I wanted to watch them. And I can't say that's always been the case about the NBA for me. Because when I see a one versus eight seed and it's Milwaukee versus, you know, Orlando, even when they yeah, get down yeah. 2-0, I'm always like, yeah, whatever. Like, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. That, that, it's like, it's not going to happen anyway. AJ, when you when you look at, uh, I'll pull these up again. These teams that are that are cu- currently in that play-in uh, area. This is the Western Conference. I'll I'll bring up the East in just a second. But when you look at these play-in game, like these play-in teams, is there any of these teams that you could see kind of like riding the momentum, maybe into a first-round upset uh, after the play-in round, like like the Trailblazers, if they end up being uh, ending up in the play-in tournament, they end up winning that play-in tournament, advancing on. Could you see them riding that momentum into maybe a a first-round victory? So the Trailblazers right now, to me, are a little too inconsistent, and it kind of worries me. I think if the Warriors can get the seventh seed and they're playing the Phoenix Suns in the two, it's going to be a hard match and it can be stretched, but I think they could, they could pull out a W. It's not a given. And the Suns are a great team, and they're playing good. But we talked about this a little bit. People aren't scared of the Suns. People are afraid of what Steph Curry can do, and he's been nothing but hot since the moment April began. Um, so I really like what they have capable, what they're capable of doing when they're when they're put together, when they're gelling. Uh, in the Eastern, I mean, we just talked about you know if the Wizards get into the right spot, I don't think they could win either. I think they would stretch the series for the most part. The paces are done. The Hornets will be an exciting team to watch in the playoffs. Uh, I think they can take someone to a six-game series and just be a nuisance, especially with LaMelo Ball being back. The way they enter- he energizes that team is a little different. They're a couple pieces away from really, really stepping into the top four of the Eastern Conference in a year or two. So they'll be a fun one to watch. But I, I only give the Warriors a chance. And um, that's about it. The Blazers, you know, when you got Dame, you can't say no. But they're big. Yeah, really- I was going to say, I, I kind of disagree. I, I think, I think Portland in the West, I think Portland in the West, I think Portland and Golden State in the West. And the reason I say if they end up with that 7-8 seed with Portland and, and Golden State there, I, I, I think it always comes down to experience. I love experience in the playoffs. And Steph Curry, anytime he's on the floor and can take over a game, he has that experience. I don't love their roster. I don't love, yeah. you know, everything that's around him. But if I have to, you know, if I have to go into a series and I got one guy, I'm not mad that it's Steph Curry. And against Utah and Phoenix, they're – I'm not saying they haven't – Phoenix is definitely inexperienced outside of Chris Paul. Utah yeah. has a little bit more playoff experience, but they don't have that championship medal that that Steve Kerr and Steph Curry have. And even Damian Lillard and the Blazers have Carmelo Veteran, have C.J. McCollum, who's been in the playoffs and won big games. And, you know, I think they have a little bit more playoff experience than, than a Utah and Phoenix that could come into play. Do I Would I pick them? I think it would be tough to to beat those teams in a seven game series, but I think they can push them. And then in the East, I think it's Miami and I think it's Washington. Washington because they have the stars, and Miami because 
They just did it last year. They, I mean, they literally ran the table and ran through some of these teams we didn't think they'd beat. And with Jimmy he, Butler and Bam, the step he's taken, I, I wouldn't count out the Heat beating a team like Philadelphia. AJ, you were high yeah. on the Heat, man. You were high on the Heat. You say you said when the Heat were out of the playoffs, you're like the Heat are going to make the playoffs. You kind of banked yeah. on that. And, yeah. and that's not. I mean, Eric Spolstra lives in the playoffs too. You know, he's one of those team, one of those coaches who gets his team there. And they've got a great young roster, and it's filled out very nicely. The inconsistency again with this team is something that worries me. And when you did the sports uncovered a couple of months back, and we're talking about the Heat and Jimmy Butler's audio clip about we're going to get it together, we're going to be there. You had me believing, man. I thought they were just going to take the trajectory and jump all the way to the top of the East, and that hasn't been the case. And you know, there's just some games I see them; they just look soft. You do, know, you, do you think Hero hasn't stepped up to where he's supposed to be? Uh, I think Robinson took a little step back. Uh, there's just a lot of inconsistency. Go ahead. Do, do you think that inconsistent? Because I, I believe they've been inconsistent too, but I I attribute that to the basketball season. Like I think they've coasted a little bit. There's been times where guys have taken games off. Hero's been in and out of the lineup. Jimmy Butler's been in and out of the lineup. The only really mainstay consistent player has kind of has been Bam. Um, and even yeah. he got COVID for a minute or whatever, and he was out. I, I think th- teams like Miami, who just came off that finals run, I think they're the type of team, if they get into the playoffs, I think nothing else that happens all season matters. Because I think Eric. they have that kind of – that Eric. coach Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler who are like, it's go time now, almost like the Lakers. And I'm not saying they're championship medal like the Lakers because they have LeBron. But if LeBron gets into the playoffs, it doesn't matter whether it's the six seed, an eight seed, a, a one yeah. seed. You're going to look at him and you're going to be like, that dude has a chance to win it all. So I kind of put Miami in that. Like, I think they've coasted a lot. They've kind of been mixing up lineups. And I think come playoff time, it'll tighten it up and you'll see a little bit more consistency. And it wouldn't shock me if they if they were a team that could take out a team like the the Sixers. And, you know, obviously, you know, I think the Nets are going to kind of run away with it if they're healthy. Yeah. But if they're not healthy and, you know, who knows what could happen. I, Milwaukee's playing really well right now. And, you know, they, they might have something to say because they're kind of floating under the radar this year. And when expectations are down, that's when Giannis has kind of been at his best. There's so many things that I wanted to take away from all of what you guys just said. There's three things that I really wanted to segue. It started off with the Golden State. There's something I want to talk to you guys about Golden State with the Suns and the Lakers. So I'll pick one of those and then we'll move on from there. Got it all today, huh? The first thing I really wanted to talk to you guys about, and Aaron specifically, you were hot on, and this is kind of drifts away from the playoff talk, but I know how hot Aaron is on this. Brought up Golden State. Steph Curry is playing lights out. No pun intended. Ah, he got it. He got it. He got it. He got it. Okay, good, good, good. Glad he got it. <laughs> He's playing lights out basketball. He's playing fantastic. He should be up for MVP, Aaron. It, this is this is tough, man. And and the MVP talk is something I wanted to get into because this guy is he's elite. When you talk about value to a team, his value is undeniable. And, and it's really how we define most valuable player. I mean, obviously, if you took Steph off this team right now, they're a lottery pick again. They're one of the yeah. worst teams in the league, right? Easily. Facts. This looks like me and 2K, except for that 3 <laughs> I, I yeah, mean, Whoa, you, you got that kind of skills? But no. he literally has been he's literally has been lights out. And just the other day, when you mentioned it, he shot the lights out of the gym. <laughs> I, I am struggling with this MVP because I think we we as fans and we as sports media, we need to define what MVP actually is. Agreed. 
to, to me personally, and, and this is just a personal opinion, I, I'm always that guy, you take this guy off the team, What? where is that team at? Okay. So everybody talks about LeBron should win it every year because you take LeBron off the team, where are they at? But I'm a believer that with Anthony Davis, the Lakers would make the playoffs. They're not winning the championship, but they'd make the playoffs. They'd be in there somewhere, and then they would go home in the playoffs. Right now, I don't. I, I think the MVP is Chris Paul. I don't know how you can be on a team that has ne- – Devin Booker is a great player. He's never made the playoffs. They are now – maybe tied now, but they are the number one seed in the Western Conference. And we talk about how powerful the Western Conference is. That leap from not making playoffs to the Western Con- – to being the top seed in the Western Conference is, like, undeniable to me. But we go we, – we continue to go back to this, and this is where – this is how they're going to vote. Nikolai Jokic is going to win MVP because he has the best PER in the NBA. And it, 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 that's what they've gone by. Player efficiency rating. Yeah, Got player it. efficiency rating. Sorry, Vinny. <laughs> that's what they've gone by in the past. The reason last year people were arguing about Giannis versus LeBron, well, Giannis won. He had the highest PER. The year before that, Giannis won. He had the highest PER. It's the, these, these analytics guys have, have pushed this, this statistical – whatever it is, this PR on people, and they look at that to develop, to determine how somebody impacts their team, which is great. Numbers can speak volumes, but watch the games. If you watch the games and you see the impact these players have, your, your, your vision of what they do might change. So uh, I'm a believer that Steph Curry deserves to be in the conversation, but I don't think he really will be. Um, I believe it's, I believe in my heart, it's Chris Paul but I think it goes to Nikolai Jokic just because of what he's the numbers he's put up. Should we be afraid of the Suns? And this was the other thing I wanted. You brought up Chris Paul, and I think what he has done for the Suns has been incredible. I mean, we talked about it before, AJ and I. The the fact that the Suns last year kind of rode that momentum. They were like, uh, I don't want to say they were a Cinderella story team, but they had a lot of people behind them to kind of pull off some upsets and make things happen. Now they're back at it again with uh, at another level with Chris Paul. Aaron, should we be afraid of the Suns, or are we kind of are they are they are yeah. who, are are they are who we thought they were? You should be afraid of any team that has the guard play that the Phoenix Suns have. The NBA is a guard-driven league. It is about guard play, and if you have one of the most elite point guards that ever played the game in Chris Paul, and a straight, sharp shooting just ice in his veins guy like Devin Booker, you should be afraid. And then you got a big guy in the middle like DeAndre Ayton who's only getting better. And then you got defenders on the wing like uh, like a Bridges. Yeah. And and Jay Crowder, who's got experience and was in the finals last year, you should be afraid of a team like that. We I would have said the same thing about a Miami team last year that acquired that gets Jimmy Butler. When you bring in a guy that has the leadership that Chris Paul has, look at the teams he's been on and look what he's done for them. I know he hasn't won the big one, but that's so hard to do. I, I think you have to be afraid of them, especially with all the fl- the fluctuation that's in the West. No Jamal Murray. LeBron's been in and out of the lineup. AD's been in and out of the lineup. The Clippers have been kind of inconsistent with their guys and in and out of the lineup. And, you know, nobody's really talking about them. Uh, Utah, Donovan Mitchell still hurt. You have to be concerned with the Phoenix Suns right now. That's my guy. That is my guy right there. Donovan Mitchell. Sorry. So fun fact, the last time the Phoenix Suns were in the playoffs – they had an MVP in Steve Nash. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, I understand everything you're saying. Phoenix Suns are a great team, 
And that guard play is great because they have been trying to have a good guard play, seems like, since Steve Nash left. Uh, every year you look at their roster, guard, 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 guard. They never figured anything else out. They finally got some in Devin Booker and Chris Paul. However, I don't fear the Suns. I think I think they get out of the first round for sure. I think if you have a toss-up game seven in the second round, you might see something, but I don't trust it. And the reason why is because as good as your guard play is, and Mikael Bridges has been, and I'm a fan of Jay Crowder on every team he goes to because when he's on a team, they're just different. That team plays different. Look at any team Jay Crowder was on and look at that team the year before in like the past five years. They are different. It's kind of like a Draymond Green type of mentality. But after that, I'm not really worried about anything. The depth that the Suns will need in the playoffs is going to be their downfall. And the depth at center specifically, because in the West, DeAndre Ayton, you are now looking at playing against um, Christoph Porzingis if he's healthy. I get that part. Uh, you're looking at playing, <laughs> yeah, you're looking at playing uh, Zubach with the Clippers, and he has been a man amongst boys recently. You're looking at Nikola Jokic, who can do whatever he wants, any part of the floor. And then you're looking at Rudy Gobert, who's a walking defensive player of the year. That's going to come down and play measures in the playoffs. You can have your fantastic guard play. We know when he's healthy because that ain't no one keeping Donovan Mitchell out of the playoffs unless something's broken and snapped. But having him back, what Jordan Clarkson's been able to do, what Joe Ingles has been able to do, what Bogdanovan's been able to do, what Mike Conley came back from after trying to struggle with the Jazz last season – and the, the chemistry with Rudy Gobert, that's the team, whether they've done it since 98 or not, that's the team that I really look at in the West right now next to the Lakers if everybody's healthy. And I know everyone's like, I don't see it because they haven't done it. They haven't been there. They've been a playoff team for a while. They know how to be in the playoffs. And once you get to the championship, it's it, at that point for a team like that, it's hard. You know, what are you going to – this is the last chance you have to really prove it. Are you going to put it all out on that court, or are you going to let it be like, well, we haven't been here, we need another year? Because you might not get it. It's now or never. And I think Utah has that mentality. I, When we watched Kawhi Leonard hit that shot in Toronto that sent Joel Embiid crying in the tunnel, everybody was saying, oh, that's going to make him different. I have the same feeling with Donovan Mitchell when he was laying on the floor in the bubble, and I feel like it was tenfold of what we saw from Joel Embiid. I don't know what it is, but something about the way Donovan Mitchell took that defeat and the way he's come back this season with that Utah Jazz team speaks volumes to me. And that's the team that I'm the most afraid of in the Western Conference. I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree. I, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm most afraid of Phoenix. So I, I don't disagree. I think Utah's a great team. And I think they have a good shot of getting out of the West. I just think that I think in a year, a year like this, where we, we you talked about it earlier, the amount of team that could win it, I think Phoenix is right there. And, and I think they, they do lack the depth and the experience outside of Chris Paul. So I worry about those things. But if the matchups fall their way and they got to beat teams like the Dallas's and, and maybe they get, maybe they do get a Nuggets team that is down Jamal Murray. And, I, and I, as much as I love the Nuggets, not having Jamal Murray is going to play a role in the playoffs because he's proven time and time again to make big shots and big moments. And Nikolai Jokic is great, but Michael Porter Jr. is still young, um, and they still got some other injuries on their on their team. Monty Morris has been out. I, so I do think that Phoenix can capitalize on some of that. Um, at, at the end of the day, we're still going to be talking about the Lakers, right? If LeBron and AD are healthy, doesn't matter who else is around them, who's going to beat that team? Right. And, and I, think that's, I think that's the biggest thing. I think the Suns can get through anybody in the West 
in any given seven-game series. But if the Lakers are healthy, are they going to be able to overcome that LeBron and Anthony Davis um, experience and championship medal that they've had over you know the past year? And then LeBron, obviously, his whole career. So, but that is such a big. It, 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 it's got to be. I feel like that's such a big if right now for the Lakers to be healthy. And I wanted to, AJ. I'll ask you this question: At the trade deadline, I did a report for school, uh, or I say a report like we go to a real school. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gus, you're not in here, right? You're not watching, are you? <laughs> you don't know what I mean. I Damn, kidding. now we're not even a real school. Huh? Okay. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, hey AJ, you know what it is, right? Two months, two months before graduation, he's getting yeah, right. He party. already, he already checked out. He already checked <laughs> out. I had at that. I'm already trying to pull up the graduation launch thing, and it's like it's all locked. I can't get any of it. It's unreal. Uh, but with the Lakers, though, at the trade deadline, I did a piece on how the Lakers could pursue uh, Kyle Lowry from the Raptors. I thought that would be a thing. And, and it could be a, a, a big help for their team, especially with, with with the depth that they need when LeBron goes out, when Anthony Davis goes out. They didn't make any moves. They did not make any moves. They kind of stayed the same. They did add, I, I believe they made a few free agency moves, but I don't think they added like real, real help. Do you think, AJ, that this is going to come back and bite them in the ass in the playoffs? No. Um... And the reason being is because they made all their moves in the offseason, and it was very meticulous the way they put this roster together. Everything they wanted, they got in the offseason. You think about the sixth man of the year in Montrez Harold. You think about the sixth man runner-up in the year in Dennis Schroeder, who has been a monster for them. It's horrible he's out right now. It's going to – might cost me a fantasy championship, not going to lie. <laughs> uh, but uh, they have a lot of faith. Like, the one move I hated that they did was they lost Rondo because he would be helpful right now. But you look at guys like Taylor Horton Tucker, he's come along He's come along a very far away. You look at Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, you could not like him for whatever reason, but he's a player. When he's on the court, he's making stuff happen. And they like to play through this young core. So you were hoping to get a better production out of them without AD and LeBron and not for them to slide that way. But if you look at their games, they played very similar to how they were playing when LeBron and AD were there from the beginning. First three quarters, they're making sure they're in the realm. They could be down 20 in the fourth quarter, end of the third, beginning of the fourth, they're making a furious run, and they're right there at the end of the game and possibly winning. It wasn't until the last month or so, really, uh, where they really started dropping those games like that and going, you know, the 10 and 10. So I also – LeBron's coming back. You know, he's going to be discomfort. He's not going to be healthy. But when you're the Akron freight train, it won't matter. He's still going to have that downhill power that's going to take everybody by surprise. So I'm not too worried about the Lakers until they tell me that LeBron's not playing in the playoffs. The, the Lakers are the, – what the Lakers are is what they are. They're Anthony Davis. They're LeBron James. And they have these role players that fit their role. And if those – to me, it's about two things. To me, it's about two things with the Lakers. Number one, can Dennis Schroeder come back, first of all, and be healthy for the playoffs and give them what he's been giving them. Doesn't have to give them more, just give them what he's been giving them. And then number two, can Contavious Caldwell-Paul continue to defend and can he knock down shots? And if they have that, I don't care what Andre Drummond is doing, to be honest. I don't. Andre <laughs> Drummond, he'll sit in the lane, he'll block some shots, he'll miss you know, six-footers in the lane. It won't matter. None of, none of that will matter in the end. If Contavious Caldwell Pulp and even, you know, I'll, I'll throw Alex Caruso in here, can defend wings there. Yeah. and knock down shots, and Dennis Schroeder plays, does what, does what he's been doing, the Lakers will win the championship. LeBron will play in the playoffs. 
LeBron will be there. And unless his ankle is dangling, I think LeBron will be there. If it is, then that changes the entire situation in the Western Conference. Who, who do you want to see in the Western Conference Finals, though? You know, as crazy as this sounds, um, I I will be happiest if it's Lakers versus Clippers. I don't know how that's got to work out. Okay. And the reason I will be happy is because I think the Clippers are flying under the radar right now. I think they made one of the best acquisitions in the league by getting Rajon Rondo. And DeMarcus Cousins, if he keeps fitting in the way he's been fitting in, I think they will be fine. And I think you're going to get a different Paul George this year. He's played absolutely great this year, but everybody's not saying anything because it's the regular season. I think Paul George is going to play at another level. I don't think this whole he sucks in the playoff thing is a real thing. I don't. I think it's he had a bad bubble that was highlighted. I think he had a bad couple of – he's had some bad game sevens, but so did Kawhi Leonard. And we're still living off the shot he hit against Toronto or against Philadelphia. And Kawhi Leonard hasn't been that special in the playoffs. I'm living off the three-time champion Kawhi Leonard, not again. Not, I, we can, we can, we can talk, we can talk about championships when he was the third option on a team. Okay. Let's, let's be real. Baby, talking, baby Kawhi. Baby Kawhi. I still have, I still have vivid pictures of him pulling up over Braun for threes in that championship. They swept them, boys. What you mean? All I'm saying is when Kawhi was the third option on the team and not the main guy, that's not who people were looking at, he won some championships. Until that shot against Philadelphia that went ding, ding, ding and went in, (laughs) we didn't have that vision of Kawhi. We weren't like, oh, he's one of the greatest players. He's, You know, he was Kawhi Leonard. He was good. And he ended up winning, going, beating Golden State with, you know, I still say it's questionable. I don't care what nobody says. Clay Thompson hurt. Kevin Durant hurt. I... They won the championship, and he got this clout. Goes to the Clippers in Bronze City and says, I want this guy. I want Paul George. And then shit the bed in a game seven against Denver. Okay? Hard. And hard. And I just – so I, we, I'm looking at him. I'm like, I want to see L.A. versus L.A. I want to see a healthy Lakers versus a healthy Clippers, and let's settle this. Who's the king of L.A.? Is it Kawhi? <laughs> Is it LeBron? Let's, let's get it done and, and then move on from there. Because they both – I'm telling you right now, they both get beat in the finals. First one after winning, I don't, I don't even care. It ain't even a question. <laughs> okay, uh, let's uh, let's do that. Let's head over to the East real quick as we wrap as we slowly wrap this show up. We can take a look at the the East standings again. And I gotta ask you guys, you knew it was coming. Yes, I did. You knew it was coming. The oh, New York geez. Knicks are sitting <laughs> in that fourth seed with the playoffs ahead. Hopefully. I will I will start this off and address this too because Bailey's in the chat and I want to say something. Bailey, you 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 kind of convinced me a little bit more that Tom Thibodeau is a great candidate for coach of the year. I still don't think it's him. I'm still much more impressed by what Monty Williams and the Suns are doing from never hitting the playoffs to being the number one seed in the West right now. To me, that's still my coach of the year. But when you look at Tom Thibodeau and these New York Knicks and bringing in Derrick Rose and having the number one defense in the league and then finding a Mary Poppins bag for Julius Randle to keep pulling tricks out of is quite amazing to me. This season for the Knicks so far is a success. If they win a playoff round, give Tom Thibodeau whatever extension he wants. Worldwide West and Leon Rose should have all the keys to the to the castle, and uh, James Dolan should start dealing with hockey affairs in the ring. Yeah, can we not bring up James Dolan, please? Let's not. I like I like what the the Knicks have surprised me. I think I think I had them like 
in the top 10 in my predictions. I could be wrong about that. I, I know I mentioned them somewhere, but the fourth seed is not something I saw happening. So I, I give them props for sure. They deserve it. Can can, can you bring that graphic up um, again? That that, that man, I, I'm just I like the graphic, and and you know all the other teams are nice, but to see the Knicks <laughs> sitting at four makes me feel good. To What's see that? them sitting at four is it, it, it's it's shocking to me. Over I'm not the Celtics, lie. over Boston. So this is this is what I worry about. This is what I worry about. I worry about the New York Knicks that first round getting matched up with the Boston Celtics or the Miami <laughs> Heat. And guess what? I'm sorry. They're not going to beat either one of those teams. Come they, on. Listen, listen Come as, on. As, as proud as I am of what the New York Knicks are doing, and I'm happy New York basketball is back. They got New York. You got Brooklyn. Julius Randle is doing his thing. It, Brooklyn I mean, what? Shout, shout out to Julius Randle. And and not even just Julius Randle, but Julius Randle, uh, Brandon Ingram, all these players that left the Lakers. And now yeah. when they kind of gave up on them and are, are winning and good and whatever, but they're going to go up against the Boston or Miami. And I'm telling you right now, as good as that defense is, these teams have been in the playoffs and they are going to, they're going to beat the Knicks. Like I, I, I love what the Knicks are doing, but this, they're going to beat them. This it's, season, this season, the Knicks and the Celtics, at least, and I'll, I'll go in and see the heat, but the Knicks versus Celtics, they played twice, and the Knicks have won one. The Celtics have won one. The Knicks win was 105 to 75. <laughs> and the Celtics win was 101 to 99. I when obviously was that, when was that Knicks win? Uh, I don't care you know, when it was. January 17th, and the Celtics win was April 7th. So Marcus Smart was out. They still had Daniel Tice as the so I don't need to know. All now this. they got Robert Williams in there hey. playing like a boss. Kemba Walker is a little bit more healthy playing like a boss with Marcus Smart on that team. And this young stud, Robert Williams, man, that that kid is going to be something to marvel at down in the post. They've, they've I don't got care if the Knicks beat him by 100. Playoffs <laughs> is a different game than the regular season, okay? Oh, I I'm just saying. Oh, no, I, I was right. Never mind. Sorry, I was right. I, I, I'm loving what the direction the Knicks are going. They went and got themselves a real – um, head coach that has established himself as one of the better head coaches in the league, a great defensive mind, uh, bringing in Derrick Rose and Julius Randle's playing his ass off. I, I love what they're doing. But when you look at that team and you look at some of these other teams, it's going to be hard for them to match up in the playoffs with, 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 those, with those teams. If they get the Hawks, the Hawks are a young team. That's going to be oh. two young teams that are kind of going at it. I still think I'd pick the Hawks, to be honest. But <laughs> – I think they have more firepower than the Knicks. The defense is great, but I think they have more firepower than the Knicks. It's, it's going to be tough for the Knicks to get out of the first round. But Knicks fans, don't worry, because your season is a success already. The I will... Knicks have been the laughing stock of the NBA for years, and their, their season is a success. So shout out to them, but I don't see them winning a playoff series this year. AJ, the Knicks yeah. and the Hawks played three times this season, and the Knicks won all three. Yep. No. That's cool. Last cool night story. the Hawks the Hawks smashed the Suns 135 to 103. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. <laughs> feel how you feel, Nick. The man. regular season that the regular season is <laughs> is just different. I'll go on record here on the show. If the Knicks win a playoff series, I will buy mm. an RJ Barrett jersey. I don't know if that really means anything to anyone. <laughs> but not <Nope>. you. <laughs> Are you gonna buy it from half time sports Get that signed basketball. I could get that signed basketball. I could. I could. I could. 
last thing in the East. I, I want to see where you guys are. We talked a lot about the West tonight. We talked a lot about the West. We're kind of closing things out. AJ, when you look at the Eastern Conference standings, you look at who's who could be in the playing rounds and, and everything going on in the Eastern Conference. What are you looking at the most when you when you turn your head to the Eastern Conference? Um, I'll, I'll do it quickly, but it's two things, and they're both sitting at the top. It's the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. Number one, will the 76ers hold on to that number one seed? I think that is immensely important for them because for whatever reason, they play amazing at home and can't buy a win on the road more often than not. They've gotten a little bit together this season, but you look back at last season, they could never win a, a away game. And that kind of carried over a little bit. So if they can keep that number one seed, have the matchups fall in their way, don't have to see a, a Milwaukee or anything like that till later on, they're looking pretty good. They're looking pretty solid. And then the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irvin, and James Harden have played seven games together at this point, all three of them. So, you know, when you got studs like that, I'm not worried about quote-unquote chemistry because it's going to be a yo. Let's just show these boys how we ball and the role players will fall in. But if they're not fully healthy throughout the playoffs, if they're compromised and you do find yourself in a six- or seven-game series and then you have to go with the juggernaut in the East, it could get a little difficult for them. And especially if you push yourself and you're not healthy and then you get injured in the playoffs again. And now you're all talking about, well, they can get another run at it next year when they're a hundred percent healthy. And are these guys at this age ever going to be a hundred percent healthy again? Probably not. So those are the two things I worry about. I I, I agree. Um, I, I want to kind of touch on the same, the same teams there. I think Philadelphia getting the number one seed is important, not only for them, but it's, I mean, it has the reverse opposite effect on Brooklyn. Um, if I'm Brooklyn and, and you guys know, I think they're going to win the championship barring obviously injuries. Right. I don't want to have to go through Milwaukee and Philadelphia in the same playoff series. Number one, Milwaukee has shown to be a thorn in their side because nobody on Brooklyn can guard Giannis and DeAndre Jordan gets abused. Blake Griffin's done a decent job at times, but nobody <laughs> really, time. yeah, exactly. <laughs> nobody can really guard Giannis on that team. and get into this situation where it's game six, it's game seven, and now you're compromised with some injuries and, and all it takes is Giannis to have one of those games, uh, you could be looking at some trouble. And then I think Philadelphia, they don't want to have to have, they don't want to have to have these battle, these series where they have to battle because the more wear and tear you put on Joel Embiid, the more chance there is for him to get injured. So they want some, if they can get these easy, I don't want to say easy series, but some of the easier matchups early on, get a one versus um, eight, then get a one versus four where they're playing possibly um, Miami or maybe who knows if, if the Knicks get their way in the Knicks or something like that uh, before you have to see, and then you only have to beat Brooklyn or Milwaukee. Um, I think that's going to be very, very important for them. But I, like I said, I, my sleeper team is still Miami. I, I think that Miami can still, uh, there's something about a team that was just there that's hungry and they got Jimmy Butler. And when you got a dog on your team, like Jimmy Butler, I, I worry about uh, teams that have to go against that. So uh, I'm looking for Philadelphia to maintain that one seed. And if I'm Brooklyn, I'm trying to get there because who knows if they're going to actually be healthy. And then if they are not, they have to go through Milwaukee and Philadelphia. And that's going to be tough. We didn't mention Joel Embiid name once in the MVP conversation. Not even once. Should you? He, Should, he's, yeah. A can, he's, yeah, he's a candidate. <laughs> 
but he's not going to He win. was the odds-on favorite until he got hurt. And, I mean, it was almost a runaway early in the season. Then he got hurt, and Nikola Jokic started doing what he was doing, and he's still doing it now that Jamal Murray's out. But uh, it, it's almost a foregone conclusion. Say it again? Joel Embiid is the defense. He could be literally – I mean, he could be Defensive Player of the Year this year. And, you know, he's going to run for MVP, which half. is special. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's definitely different. I'm going to be like AJ. Okay. 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 I love it. I love it, guys. I I, I love it. I'm I'm hyped for the playoff. What? What what teams are you hot on besides the Knicks, Vinny? Me? Is there someone in the Western Conference you were looking at like, oh man, this is the way to go? I I I'm all I'm all on board with the with the Suns, to be honest with you. I like I like Chris Paul a lot. I think I think Chris Paul I, to AJ's point or to Aaron's point, I love I'm a big guy. I, like when I look at the MVP talk, I am on that same board where it's like, okay, if, if you take this player off of this team, what does this team look like? And how big of an impact does this player actually have on this team? And that's what Chris Paul is doing for the Suns. I feel like, and, and it's just something about Chris Paul. He plays the game the right way. Like he just plays everything the right way. He's like a classy dude. Thank God. He's sick. He's sick on the court. He like he, he does. He does all the right things. He makes all the moves. He destroyed my Knicks. I, I I'm 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 hopping on the the Suns bandwagon along. I get along with the Jazz because I'm a big Donovan Mitchell guy. You know this. I'm a big Donovan Mitchell guy. So <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I picked the two best teams in the West to hop on. But those are the Good two choices. Teams looking forward to most. I don't like the Lakers. I really just don't like the Lakers at all. I don't like the fact that. I get it. Lebr- if LeBron gets hurt, if Anthony Davis gets hurt, they're they're like nothing. But like, I don't know. I'm just tired of the Lakers. I'm tired of hearing about them. I'm tired of <laughs> with the LeBron comments. Kind of makes me not like him any, like, like it even more. I respect LeBron. He's great. But if I'm looking at like the the those play in teams, you got to look at the West or got to look at the East. And I like your your Miami Heat talk here because mm. when we we brought it up on one of our older shows when we were talking basketball, we talked about Jimmy Butler. And we've had his comments on here, and he was like, I can guarantee you we'll be in the playoffs. And this is when they were out of the playoffs. They ended up grinding back. They ended up making it happen. I'm interested to see what the Heat do because it's like like you guys were saying. They're a team that is – that like they've been there before. They're finding their game now. Once they're in the playoffs, they kind of get that feel right back. They could go on a run. They could do some damage and take advantage of some teams who haven't been there. So I'm looking forward to the Heat too, man. I got a I got a question for both of you guys that was brought up today um, by by Kendrick Perkins. They were arguing him and Ryan Clark were arguing about what is harder to do, and maybe this is more of a final countdown thing. But what is what is harder to do, winning a Super Bowl or winning an NBA championship? And I want to know what side you guys are on and why. We not are we not even going to go throw in the Stanley Cup in there? Okay, okay. okay. No, no. This is just that's not the conversation. I'm I'm kidding. But I I will. I will actually address that. Go ahead. But I want to know your thoughts. Both. It's it's the NFL. I'm sorry. Like it's the NFL. I get the seven games and the adjustments that can be made in the series and series, but you don't get a redo in the NFL. I think you you are not on. You can get those adjustments in the NBA. You can get yeah, the you have you to make those by quarter in the NFL. If you come in to work on that Sunday on the playoffs and it's just a bad day for you and you get dropped by a team that you weren't supposed to, well, That's sorry, it. it's over. Sure, it may be three games, four games at most for some teams, but for other teams, it, at one point, what it was two. So, like, no, uh, it, it's the NFL. 
Like it's the NFL. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree. And it's, I'm, it's really- I'm extremely proud of you guys. I'm I'm proud to be a part of the Rough Cut Sportscast because it is absolutely asinine for anybody to think that any sport that allows you to play seven games, yeah, you can lose and, and you can still come back the next day and be a part of something is harder to do than being perfect for basically three to four straight weeks of one game it is it's just asinine. So I, I I love what Kendrick Perkins does on TV. But anybody who thinks winning an NBA championship is harder because you have to play more games. Well, you have to win 16. I don't care. I have to win four straight and be perfect for four straight games in yeah. order to win my championship. And the minute I slip up and I, and I'm, I fail, I'm done. I'm out. There's no, like you yeah. said, there's no second chance. Um, I, thought, I thought it was funny. And, again, you're probably going to hear basketball players choose basketball and football players choose football. But I didn't think it was a particularly uh, hard yeah. my, my argument. Face, to, my to face looks just like Ryan Clark's and Dan Orlovsky's. I was like, <laughs> "Bruh, come on, man! You're making me feel bad because I love basketball, and now I have to sit here and look at you like you dumb, Perk. Like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> we'll dive deeper into that in the final count today. I, I kind of want to kind of go down, maybe give get you guys as top four, like in, in order, which is the hardest championships to win. Uh, we'll drop that in the final countdown. But last thing before we enter that final countdown to kind of tease it. Uh, my boy Chris asks, who do you think the sixth man of the year would be? Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson. I think it's I think it's easy this year. Yeah, it's almost a lot. Like I, there were some other names that had popped up that I was hearing about recently, and that's how fast they're gone because it's Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> I'm, glad I, I'm glad I pulled that one out before the final countdown. That does it though. That does it for another episode of the Rough Cut Sports Cast. AJ. Show me those palms. Show me your palms, your actual palms. That's a weird question to ask. Yeah, exactly. Your palms. You want to? Do you want to see some crustaceans? <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <laughs> AJ, let's pay some bills. Oh yeah, buddy. Have you followed us on Twitter yet? If you did, then it's probably at Roughcut underscore Sports. What about Facebook at Roughcut Sports? Uh, you know that Instagram place, the Roughcut Sportscast. Hit those likes, hit those follows, hit those shares, and then head over to YouTube where we drop in content left and may- maybe right. It just depends on the week. And then hit that subscribe button and then, you know, hit that bell, get notified when we drop it, and then tell everybody about yeah. Halftime Sports Collectibles, the number one place to get your sports memorabilia. We talking signed basketball. We talking signed football jerseys, signed baseballs, cards, pictures, frames, whatever you want, you can get it at Halftime Sports Collectibles. Don't forget to head over to our socials, hit those sponsorships for Yeti. And we'd like to thank Belly Up Sports Network for putting us on. Yes, sir. I'm going to need you to clip that and send it to Debbie. That was the best ad read social plug (laughs) I've ever heard. Golf clap for you, sir. Golf clap for you, sir. You heard the man. You're not going to let the man down here after such a beautiful ad read and sponsor read and social read that AJ's just did. Don't let him down. Head on over to all of our socials. Follow us. Share us. Let Let us know what you think of the show. And... Just a little reminder to everyone, we are available 
as an audio podcast, okay? If you miss a live show and you don't have the time to kind of watch it, first of all, make time. Second of all, turn us on in your car. You got Apple Podcasts. You got Spotify. You got Google Play. You got Stitcher. You got all those. We are there. We are everywhere. You can just turn us on in your car if you need to. We're there. Check us out and drop us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. We really, really appreciate it. Any last thoughts from you guys before we head into the final countdown? Aaron? No, I'm excited for basketball. Uh, we got like a week left in the NBA, a week or two left. Uh, I'm ready for the playoffs. I'm ready for the play-in game that everybody hates so much. Uh, I'm ready for that. And I'm excited to see some new teams. I think that's kind of the theme. It's some new teams. Even the Brooklyn Nets, even though they're star-studded, and the, the Sixers are up there, the Knicks, the Suns, the Jazz. Um, it's it's wide open to me, and I, I'm I'm excited to see some of these new right teams. Now. Yeah, the Hornets are there. Yeah, this is it's gonna fire. be a lot of fun. Hey, hey, and don't Austin sleep. Just... Hey, I know we're falling asleep on my Sacramento Kings because we sucked all year, and De'Aaron Fox is out, and now Tyrese Halliburton's out. But hey, you see, we're creeping back in that play, and we're trying to get there. Stop it! Don't hate. Hey, Stop don't it. hate. Don't hate. So, hey, look, we're quick. on the board, baby. We're on the board. <laughs> so, real quick, uh, Russell Westbrook, number one, now has 180 triple doubles. He needs one more to tie uh, Oscar Robinson, two more to beat him. He'll get that this season. They are in a deadlock, 105 to 108 with Toronto right now, with two minutes left. We talked about them and the Pacers having a um, having that back and forth. They play the Pacers on Saturday. Then they have two games against the Hawks. Those are going to be important because they're going to get an easy one against the Cavs, and then they finish the season off against the Hornets on May 16th. So the Wizards should be a fun watch throughout the rest of the season to see if they keep that firm grasp on that 10 or if they actually slide up into that 9 spot or fall out. So just wanted to throw that in because I'm watching. Going to be a great ride on the highway to the NBA Finals, and you can follow us all trip long basically is this i wanted to continue the pun you can try, yeah, try, follow we'll work us. On it. long we will work on it we'll be here on that note stick around for the final countdown everyone in the chat we want it buzzing tonight let's hear it from you we'll see you tomorrow for fun and games friday Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.